Well, by now we've seen many examples of companies who have artfully delivered very powerful messages during this crisis. We've also seen a few that missed the mark, perhaps with cliches or generalities or worse, appearing opportunistic or tone deaf. Whether you're communicating to your teams, your clients, or other internal or external stakeholders, finding the right balance of form and substance is key. In this episode, I connect again with Nathan Miller, founder and CEO of Miller Inc., a full-service strategic communications firm, as he shares his three key principles for communicating during a crisis. Nathan, thanks again for joining me today. Now, a recent LinkedIn article you authored caught my attention as you highlighted some of the key principles that we should be thinking about when communicating during COVID-19. Now, these apply not only to how a corporation tells their story, but also to how a law department should communicate among their team, their business clients, and and other stakeholders. Can you share your your thoughts on these key principles? Yeah, sure. Uh, First of all, Joanne, thank you for having me back on the podcast. It's really a pleasure. I think... It's, it's even more important to be thinking through these principles as an attorney at this moment. Um, lawyers are often, if not the original drafters of communications, then certainly the final set of eyes that put the final touch on what's going out. My firm has been at, at the center of so many conversations right now about how do you communicate in a way that's effective um, and that advances your goals. And, and I've tried to distill it down to three principles that I think are, are relevant for this this COVID moment, and as we like to say, will be continue to be relevant in the post-COVID universe. Um, the first principle is compassion. You know, people, you have to understand the environment that you're operating in, and that is an environment where people have a mix of shock, anxiety, fear, uncertainty. And you have to be able to, to, to treat every communication with an understanding of, of that mix. Um, you know, from a, from a management perspective, I think it means giving people the benefit of the doubt and understanding that you don't have a full view into the, the world that they are inhabiting, at this, um, whether you're dealing with a team, with a client, um, with a vendor. And that's something that we've really tried to, as a firm, you know, instill on everyone. Like, this is a moment where you don't have full visibility, what, you know, what other people are going through, and you just got to give people the benefit of the doubt. And then in terms of communication style when it comes to compassion, um, I think it's, a, it's important to communicate sort of compassion in the sense that you understand what people are going through, that you, that you really hear them, and that you, that you do have that, that, that sense of, of, you know, of feeling about what, what the challenges they might have are, and then also solidarity. And in terms of language, I think it's important to be really specific. There is a, you know, if I'm thinking about a legal audience or, or you know, people who are coming from the corporate communications field, there sometimes is a tendency of, to to use language that's, that's kind of corporate speak or euphemistic or legalistic or, in ge- or very general and, cli- and you, know, you know, full of cliches. Um, it's really important for this, at this moment, for people to understand that there's a human being on the other end of that communication and to speak to people as plainly and, and clearly as possible as if you were talking to a friend. Now, I understand that's not always so clear. There's always, there's, there, there, there is a, there's, HR issues to consider, there's legal issues to consider, et cetera, et cetera. But to, to the greatest extent possible, and I think it's probably greater than maybe you think you can, um, speak in a way that you're speaking to a friend. This doesn't matter if you're running a tiny business or a Fortune 500 company. It really is um, important that you tell people what's really in your head and in your heart. So we were all flooded with these email communications, you know, once this pandemic hit. And so many of them missed the mark, in my view, because they didn't, the 
specifically acknowledge a the 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 challenges of the people that they were communicating to, and b the challenges that the company itself was communicating to. So I, there's a small Indian restaurant near our office op, that actually operates out of a gas station, and it, and they sent really this beautiful email that that said a humble request, and you know it said we understand that this is probably one of the most challenging moments you'll ever face, you and your family will ever face. Um, we are struggling to figure out how we're going to pay our um, staff and keep them employed through this moment. And all we would ask you to do is consider buying a gift card if you like our food. Um, and, it, and it was such a, and the tone was so human and so specific and, and so just real. Um, it immediately got me to go on to my credit card and, and buy a gift certificate. And I, and I felt really connected. Um, so that's the first thing is, you know, even if the message is, is, is uncomfortable, even if it's tough to swallow, even if it's tough for your intended audience to hear, um, they're going to be much more receptive if they feel like there's a human being on the other end of the line. So, so that, that's the first principle. Um, when, when this crisis broke out, we were overnight reorienting dozens of communications programs for our clients. And, and what I said to all of them was, this is the moment to channel and communicate your most authentic self. Um, the things that made you great before this crisis make you even greater during it. Um, there's, a, there's a CEO who I was in conversation with who, who said, you know, my number one job as a corporate CEO right now is to figure out what can we do as a company to make the situation better for everybody, for our, for our employees, for our customers, for our community. Um, I think it's in that order is the right way to think about this as sort of overlapping circles, your employees, your customers, your community. And, you know, everybody, you don't have to be in the medical field to, to play a meaningful role in making a difference. You know, there's, every company has an opportunity right now to do something to make people's lives more meaningful, more convenient, more entertaining, less fearful, more secure. Um, everybody who has employees has an opportunity to mobilize them to help. Everybody who has customers has an opportunity to mobilize them to help. Think about what you can bring to the table in a different way and really, you know, amp it up. The final principle that we're really trying to bring to this is, is vision. You know, the best communicators in this crisis won't just address the current crisis. Um, they're going to give a vision of the future. You know, we have a term around my office, like I mentioned, is, you know, the post-COVID universe. How is your company going to play in the post-COVID universe? How are you now setting yourselves up to be five steps ahead for that moment. The people who are really successful, the people who are keeping a long-term view of all of this, um, your short-term P&L is most likely going to suffer through this crisis. I think, every, but, you know, but everybody is in that boat. And the question is, how are you building a company and, and, and communicating a message that's, that's got a vision for the long-term in this post-COVID universe? That, for me, is the root of, of, of really the most successful folks during this period. Now, as a, as a leader, how do you balance your communications with a sense of optimism, which we all need, and a focus on the future and, and the new normal, whatever that might be, while also being realistic about the current situation so as to keep your team grounded? I think you have to be as open and transparent and honest as possible through every step of this. People understand the reality of, of the economy right now, and I think you have to be open and transparent about challenges maybe the company is facing. But I think that has to be balanced with a vision for the future and, um, and also an acknowledgement of the fear and uncertainty that this creates. But I think 
healthiest companies right now will create a sense of safety for the people within. You know, and even even in the case, and this is true for many of our clients, for folks who've had to go through furloughs or layoffs, et cetera, but the folks who are at the table with you at this moment, they have to know that you and the company are doing whatever you can to support your employees, to keep their jobs while maintaining a healthy company and being realistic about, you know, and, and I think people can, can live in that environment if they, if they really trust that the folks in leadership are doing all that they can, or at least the folks who are managing them. And I think this is intuitive stuff. It sometimes just requires people who are in leadership positions, who are used, you know, who, who, who have had very, you know, distinguished careers. Sometimes, like, just putting back on that, like, basic human hat and thinking about how, if you were sitting across the table from someone in your family or a friend, would receive the communication that's going out. Thanks, Nathan. Now, what about frequency? I think we all came out of the gate recognizing the need to keep in front of our clients and our teams, constantly providing updates, checking in on them, et cetera. But after several weeks of that, I think we saw a bit of COVID communications fatigue. So how do you make sure that your message is heard and that it resonates with your audience? Totally. Um, so I think there's there's two separate things here. If you're thinking about managing, you know, my team, we have a second every morning, our entire firm. We never did that before. You know, and it's short, but I think it's good when people are working remotely to have a sense of community and, you know, create a structure around, you know, days that can quickly become very unstructured. Um, and I think, I still believe that while you're working with a remote team, it's important to build in those systematic structured check-ins so that people, you know, you maintain that sense of normalcy as much as possible. When it comes to communicating externally, you, you shouldn't just send an email for the sake of sending an email or, you know, there is a value in communicating and staying on people's radar. I do think you have to then, but you have to do the work on the front end. I've seen a lot of communications that I would describe as lazy or just, you know, someone says, well, we have to be out there. We have to be in front of clients. We have to be in, you know, and, um, and therefore they send an email blast or they, you know, or some other form of communication that doesn't really have the intentionality or thought behind it that it should have. The odds are that there probably is something very, you know, you should be asking what is our unique value proposition as an organization at this moment? That goes back to that authenticity, you know, principle that I was talking about. You have to think about, like, what value add are we providing for, for, our, for our clients, our customers, our employees at this moment, and, and lean into that and communicate around that. Um, kind of generic, we're thinking about you, sort of calls, emails, et cetera. I think really, like, they can, they can miss the mark and they can do damage, I think, as you described. Nathan, thanks again for joining me today. I really appreciate the opportunity to reconnect. Great insights shared today and look forward to continuing the conversation. Thank you so much, Joanne. It's such a pleasure to, to, to be back on the podcast.